Well, here we are, episode three of our podcast series called What Happens After. My name is Bryce. And I'm Melissa. And so far you get to know us a little bit more outside of where we met on a reality TV show. We've opened up and discussed a little bit about our lives after leaving that show and gave you a bit of an opportunity to see what we're really like as a couple. So far the feedback's pretty good. I think we've heard, we've heard a few times that, oh, it's a bit boring. Well, it's not the reality TV show that we signed up for. For this podcast, we're just here discussing what our lives are really like. Yeah, so the first app came live from our bed. The second app came live last week from Darwin. Mm-hmm. This week, we're in a third location again. Yeah, we're on the sunny Gold Coast. Yeah, we're at my parents' place up here seeing them for a week. And a big part of our, I guess, time on the show that you all saw was a cinema catch-up with our families, wasn't it? Ah, uh, the infamous cinema catch-up. One of the big talking points out of that was... The roasting that I got from my mum, Dana. Guess who's with us? Who do we have? Hi, it's me. My mum, Dana. She's on the podcast this week. Hopefully you're not going to give me a grilling in uh, episode three. I can't guarantee that. I should probably take more of a back seat in this podcast because I reckon this is a good chance for you to get I to know me through my mum. Yeah, definitely. Now, uh, we've actually got some questions that have come through on the email as well. So we'll get to them at the end of this podcast. But look, why don't we just take a short little break and I think we've got to get straight into the questions because there's a lot to talk about. I've been through heartaches, I've been to heaven. I've done my best and my worst, learned my lessons. I think it's time that we let Liz ask probably many questions to my mum, Dana. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously during the show that we were part of, uh, people saw a catch-up that we had in a cinema. So because of COVID, we couldn't actually go home and meet the parents or they couldn't come to us. We were staying and do the big catch-up like they would normally would mm-hmm. on years gone by. So what they did was they set up in a cinema in Sydney and we had a bit of a Zoom session and our parents, well, my mum and dad, your mum and sister, yep. watched three parts of the show. And for us, they obviously weren't the greatest parts going around. No. The thing for us was... We're going to admit, we actually knew it was coming. Yeah. We'd been given a heads up by our parents, what they'd seen. Our parents are pretty smart and wise us up. And we're pretty smart cookies as well. Even though they tried to keep it a secret from us, we knew exactly what we were going into. The show tried to keep it a secret. Yeah, we knew exactly what was happening. We're not <laughs> idiots. The other thing too was, we actually FaceTimed our parents quite regularly mm. together. Which was against the advice of the show. Yeah, which again, didn't have too much concern around. We thought hey, you want us to get to know each other properly? That's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. It's not Big Brother. Don't put a camera on the roof. You can if you want to. <laughs> but they decided not to. So we're going to get into some questions. And Liz, I know that you've got some burning questions. You've been writing down your little notebook at home yeah. before flying up here to the Gold Coast. So uh, you ready, Mum? Yes, I am. <laughs> she's got her grilling glasses on again. <laughs> so my first question for Dana is, what did you think of Bryce going on that TV show. I wasn't impressed and my reaction was why would you go on a show like that and Bryce was like but you love that show and I said I do I love watching it I just don't want to see my own family on the show. Mm. I was concerned I sort of understood why he was going to go on it I mean there are certain factors obviously there was the breakup of a previous relationship and then Bryce's career in media and had we have all known how he was going to be portrayed I would have totally stopped him from doing it. Mm. Never in my wildest dreams did I think 
that it would end up like it did. I would never have done the show if I had any inkling of it. I don't think anyone would. It's not something you would ever want to put yourself through and no mother wants to see their child put through anything like that. I think the sad thing is for Bryce is that Bryce had interviewed people coming off previous series and things and had got to sort of chat with producers. So I think in Bryce's eyes, maybe he felt he might be a little bit looked after. And, you know... A bit naive. 100%. Like, it was just never in his wildest dreams did he ever think... And even when we did the FaceTime chats on a regular basis, Mm -hmm. quite regular, and Bryce would say, this incident happened today, and I'd go, oh, Bryce, this isn't going to be good. No, Mum, it'll all make sense when you see it. And I said, but you don't know how they're going to edit it. No, 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 it'll all make sense. Like, you know, this happened and that happened. And I go, oh, okay. But I can tell you, I was extremely nervous. Mm as to how they were going to piece it together. So following on from that question, what did you really think of Bryce when you actually saw him and watched him on TV? I was embarrassed. To be honest, I was embarrassed that he was my son because I kept thinking my friends, family and that, and they all know Bryce. And I kept thinking, surely people can't believe that this is what he's like. Mm -hmm. People that knew him kept saying to their friends and family, like, you have no idea, this is not the Bryce that we know And I just, as I said, for me, it was embarrassing because obviously like once it goes to air and you start to see comments coming online and you two kept telling myself and like, you know, your mum as well, like, you know, don't read these things, but you can't help it. You know, you open up social media and you get bombarded with it. And so you do, curiosity gets the better of and you start to read comments. And I've never, ever seen anything so hateful in all my life from people that are total strangers that don't even know you, they've got this perception of what you're like. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I could go on for hours about this because I continually said to Bryce, there was one particular radio announcer, and I'm not going to mention her name, in Melbourne. I always had presumed that this woman was intellectual, smart, considerate, and all these things that I had seen her portrayed on television and in radio. And this woman was no better than any of those bullies in this experiment because she would continually go, oh, Bryce, I hate that Bryce. Like the publicity person going in with whoever was being interviewed on the, you know, on their particular radio show and she would turn around to the publicist and go, oh, sorry, I'm just asking her, like, do you hate Bryce as much as I hate Bryce? I'm sorry. You don't even know my son. It was almost like trying to change people's perception. So if anyone had any good feelings towards Bryce or even liked the fact that he was so direct, this particular person and many others were often trying to get others onto the bandwagon to try and discredit him. You know, the thing is, I don't mind if someone wants to say, I hate characters like Bryce, Mm -hmm. I can't stand that personality or whatever, Mm -hmm. but she made it so personal Mm -hmm. to actually make it about Bryce the individual, not about the character that he was basically portrayed as because as I said she didn't know Bryce at all and then even there was one day we were watching Sky News and this is a political journalist this woman and my dad paused it and said quick you have to come in and listen to this particular journalist I won't say her name either and she said oh and married at first sight this experiment and this Bryce Ruthven oh there should be a register out for people like him so people can understand that, you know, before you go into a relationship with someone like him, that you need to be forewarned. And I'm like, you know what? Stick to know you, what you know you're talking about. Mm. And that's politics, darling. 
not about people's personality. I don't know if she had like a psychology degree or not, Mm -hmm. but things like this, people that I actually used to think were quite credible and I've lost all respect. And I personally came so close to reporting this so-called radio announcer that she portrays herself Mm. on radio in Melbourne Mm. to um, the Broadcasting Commission because it's disgusting. She was absolutely disgusting. And she's got a little bit of history herself. She's no angel. That's what I wanted to say too. It's no secret. We all know who we're talking about. We're not going to give her any time or day by mentioning her name. But there's situations around her life that have questionable notes. And we're not going to dive into that because it's not what our podcast is for. But she's basically copped what we're copying now. But now she's got the shoe on the other foot. And it's like her chance to hit back at people that treated her like a piece of shit. We went into that radio station one day. And she didn't have a bar of you at all. She was quite rude to you. Never even said hello to you. Had me in the studio. She went at me, hammered me on the radio show. And I thought, yeah, look, I've done radio shows. You're getting your content. You're trying to put your point across. You're standing up for this. That's fine. You've got an opinion. That's all good. But then when the mics went off and I was talking to her one-on-one, either she was being fake on air or fake off air because she was being quite polite to me. And I'm the first to own up to it and say some of the stuff I did say wasn't the greatest Thing to hear no. or witness but at the same time too like some people just have to calm down she would know more than anyone how edited these tv shows are that whole situation with that radio station i actually said to the publicist I said don't put me back in there i said i'll refuse to speak to him which is why i never went back there she kept saying publicly i've banned bryce from our radio show you didn't ban me from your show i said i didn't want to go in there even for any mistakes that people make Typically, you have to sort of think that there's a reason why. And for whatever she had done in the past, and she obviously would regret that, but there'd be a reason why she did it, and that's fine. But as I said, she still didn't get publicly crucified like the way you were because you've sort of literally ended up being like the most hated person in Australia, all at the hands. And, you know, people can go, oh, they can blame editing all they like. But unfortunately, that was it because I can tell you that that roasting that I supposedly gave you in that cinema clip, I had also said good things about you. Mm. And not once did they ever, ever, you know, show anything that I had said positive or that your father had said. You know, or even his mother hates him is the comment that I was reading on Facebook. Yeah, because it's probably a good thing to bring up now that you brought up that cinema chat because we literally saw a couple of minutes of it and it was basically just you roasting me and then me turning around and saying, oh, in one ear at the other. Yeah. I'm going to clear it up here and there. The producer that interviewed me in our one-on-one Voxy said, so remember that comment that you said about the experts, particularly about John the other night? I said, yeah, in one ear at the other. I had that on camera in the same clothes I was wearing at the cinema. They matched up to what you said. Mm. So again, it's your typical editing. But regards to that, you cleared up so many things in that family catch-up because that was when the secret girlfriend rumour popped up yeah. as well. And that was the biggest thing for us, and I know for you especially, because mm-hmm. like you had questions around it, which is natural. Yeah. And I guess the best thing for us and why we actually got so strong from that point onwards was because you actually cleared up that rumour once and for all. Well, the thing is, even prior to that, like, as I said, we knew what was coming up and all this sort of thing, like you, you'd explain to me that, you know, there was this drama going on about some secret girlfriend. And I'd got to the point, I was so concerned that I actually reached out to Melissa's mum through um, Facebook Messenger and it was great because she rang me straight away. I put my phone number down and we chatted. We chatted for about 45 minutes and I had said to her, look, obviously Bryce had relocated to Canberra 
and that and was three weeks on a high and then it was like probably four weeks on rock bottom low really really rock bottom low because then he wasn't sure about like you know everything that was going on in his life you know obviously he'd broken up from a relationship which is you know was five years the thing was as he said like there was a standing joke in our family that his younger brother had met his girlfriend on tinder and I thought it was a joke but they actually had. And so Bryce had said to me, I've met this girl on Tinder. And I said, oh, okay. So Bryce was sort of going out with the girl and that. But this girl knew from day one that Bryce had already been accepted to go on. She knew that I was in the process. So at that point, I wasn't accepted, but I had a fair idea. Well, she knew you applied. (laughs) Oh, yeah, she knew from the first catch-up that I was in the process to go on a dating TV show and she was okay with that. It was fine. And the thing is, as I said, even when you're accepted, right up until the day that he left Canberra, that was it. As I said to your mum, it didn't make sense. So this just went on and mm-hmm. on and on. And then, of course, as I said, when you did that um, trip down to Canberra, I couldn't understand because, as I said, you looked at your honeymoon. Now, I would say to Bryce, why is it you guys? I've seen nothing positive about your honeymoon. He said, oh, well, we flew kites. I went, Okay, we've we've <laughs> seen helic we've seen helicopter rides we've seen river cat cruises on the northern New South Wales Horse border riding beautiful beautiful things experiences then the final dates the final dates where we go out on Sydney Harbour on a catamaran or we go into a theatre and it's all set up with the most gorgeous picnic we have the beautiful penthouse oh stunning stunning where do you guys go Bryce's bedroom in Canberra and Lake Burley Griffin with a picnic rug down there and again it's like let's do the attack and let's meet the friends I don't remember any of the other couples being introduced to friends Mm, interesting wasn't it and I knew Michaela I've known Michaela for years Michaela has stayed at our house and that over Christmas, you know, years ago? On a friendship level, just oh, to know. Yeah, Michaela's always been a friend. There was a, a group of friends from up in Rockhampton. So I don't understand. It's all just been completely set up. Mm. As I said, it's like it's after watching those three sort of episodes that, you know, your parents got to watch and we got to watch that I said, this isn't going to be good. I said, I can see the look on John's face. John hates him. <laughs> and this is not going to be great. Yeah, John and I had a bit of a running battle which some people laugh at i guess the thing to point out is it wasn't john's physical words it might have been part of his opinion but there's no secret that the experts all wear earpieces and get told what to say from the control room so people that put shit on john aiken for having a crack at me and whatnot i don't think it's actually fair and i actually like the bloke i've sat back and had mixed opinions whatnot but actually meeting him off camera in the limited times i did i actually think he's a really nice guy yeah and he at the end of filming of that reunion he came up to me and he said oh Bryce like don't hate me because I said oh mate don't hate me he's like no he said like you've been one of the most entertaining people to watch in terms of an overall experiment and I was like yeah thanks mate whatever I was sort of in a mood to just get me out of here I'm going to fly back to Melbourne and go home but yeah I think that's one thing to point out that they get fed the lines to say so that night that I had a crack at him you witnessed it and they didn't show it I had a real red hot crack at him they showed a very tame version of it and right or wrong if I have a go at an expert um, on a show like this, it's apparently it's me not taking feedback, which to some degree I was resistant, especially that night, the mood I was in off the back of that week. That was a sense that I got we were just being set up to fail on this experiment. Yeah. Oh, that is a bit of your personality, but too, and don't get yeah. me wrong, and I'm not going <laughs> to give you a roasting now, but it is like I, you know, I said all along, and I still believe it, people question the experts 
credibility. Look, I believe that's their backgrounds and I truly believe they did pick Bryce's personality. Some of these people, like you, Sam, and that, they knew how to press Bryce's buttons. Sam's just actually, yeah, he's just... Sam's got a very good version of himself that got portrayed. Sam's a lot worse than he actually is in real life. I don't understand why they didn't call him out for the bullying because that's what it was. It was constant bullying, this name-calling. And I think I used to say to you when you guys would FaceTime me, it sounds like you're in some grammar school, yeah. boarding school, which is co-educational, mm-hmm. and it's you're all a group of privileged children because that's how you were all acting. And it was like, let's let's just bully the weak one. I think he got a tame one. version of himself because they could have literally made a whole series of what he was actually like on and off camera. Mm-hmm. He told an audio guy, he's going to roundhouse kick him for putting tape on his chest for the mic. Like, mate, you're in a privileged position to be on a show like this. Pull your head in. So let's take it back a few years. Tell me, what was Bryce like as a kid? Bryce was very timid, very shy, really? very, very timid. Total opposite. And this is the funny thing because friends that we've had since the boys were born can't believe the change because Bryce's younger brother was the one that was always outgoing and wow. super confident. And Bryce was the one that was sort of like, you know, if something was going on in the park at the swings or something and there were some kids that were picking on them older boys or something, Bryce would come running back and <laughs> and he would say, oh, the kids are picking on us and that. And the younger brother would go up there and I'll oh, fix them and we'd be like, get back here, you know. like it's, <laughs> And so it's so funny because to think that Bryce chose this particular career path to go into media where I do believe you have to have confidence. Yeah is just such a turnaround in personality. It's it's a nice turnaround, don't get me wrong. Um, it's just it's very different to how he was as a child. Like we would we had a holiday place at um Nambucker Heads on the mid north coast of New South Wales and we had friends that had farms around there as well and we would go out to the farm and want to go horse riding and they had like trail bikes and things and Bryce would lock himself in the car really? so that he didn't have to go on the bike or on the horse. He was terrified <laughs> So, you know, people that see him and just think he's arrogant, outspoken and all this, this is a very different adult to what he was as a child. Oh, where did that come from then? <laughs> no idea. See, I reckon it was when I left home at age 20 to go and play soccer up in Rockhampton. Yeah. We thought actually it was funny because um, Greg, his dad, said, I'll give him three weeks. He'll be back in three weeks. And he never came back. Wow. I think it was because when I got up there, I was living in a share house with three or four blokes from the UK who'd come over to play soccer in Australia for the season. And for me, it was my idle situation, going up to Queensland, flying up to Cairns to play, down to Brisbane, the Gold Coast, had the time of your life with a bunch of mates. And that's what I was sort of all about when I was like 19, 20, 21. Bit of independence. Yeah, and I guess moving out of house, it kind of made me really sort of mature and I guess sharpen up and having to find that confidence. Because you remember when I first got to Rockhampton, I copped a bit of stuff because... I was the outsider from town. I moved up from yeah. Sydney, from the big yeah. city, to come up here and there was newspaper articles about me moving out. They'd found out that I've done a short sit on a TV show. And mm-hmm. I was like, shit, this is like high school all over again. Because I got bullied in high school to the point where, I remember, was it maybe year 10? that dad had to come up to school and pick me up. He never gravitated to the cool group because the boys growing up from literally when they were five were just so involved in sport. Their, their sport was literally five days a week they really didn't have time 
to, you know, hang around shopping centres with mates or like, you know, oh, we won't be doing sport on Friday afternoon because, you know, we'll, we'll go off and do our own thing. So, and that's probably one of the reasons why we put them into a, like a private school. It was a Catholic school, but a, a good private school. And their ethic was that, you know, you did sport and when sport wasn't on, that grade would actually go to nursing homes and they would have to interact with, you know, people in the nursing homes. So we always thought that that was a good background and a good grounding for them to, you know, mature into adults. But the bullying side of things, as I said, you know, if if you're not part of that cool group, Mm -hmm. there's always going to be in a schoolyard situation, the cool group will always sort of pick the ones that, you know, just your average Joe. What's the worst thing that Bryce did as a kid? Do you know what? They really, neither of them, he has never really done anything. The worst thing for me was when he actually, I got a phone call from the after school care and um, they said, now we don't want you to panic, but Bryce has had a bit of an accident. And I'm like, what has he done? Thinking, oh, he's broken an arm or something. They said, they've been playing cricket and he was wicket keeper and he's tripped over and he's landed on the stumps and he's broken his two front teeth and I was devastated absolutely devastated and I'm like couldn't you have broken your arm what'd have to be your teeth or anything but your teeth you know so um but as far as getting into trouble no never ever has he been in trouble never ever had the phone call that your son's at the police station or they've never done drugs or anything like it's just they've been easy boys to bring up and we've been very grateful for that you tell me a story about a caravan yeah, don't you remember the story about Troy and I and the neighbours across the road threw some rocks at the guy's caravan because he used to complain that we kick a ball out the street all the time after school and we threw like little pebble rocks found across the road in a bush. Maybe you went home, maybe it was Dad that was home at the time, but we came running in and the old guy, he used to live four doors up across from you know, the house next to the bush, across the road from them. And he said the caravan parked in the street is that the roads have to go over the hill. We'd always hit it with a footy or a soccer ball in the afternoon. He'd come out and oh, crack the shits. Down near the break wall. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That guy, yeah. Yeah. That's just kids being kids, but I don't think that's anything. <laughs> I think that's just kids being annoying. That's not really anything um, bad. I sort of think things bad. Like when you get the phone call from the police, we've had your kid, your son's here, been walking up Oxford Street, on, you know, and he's kicking down real estate signs and you've got to come pick him up. That to me is like, okay, once the police are involved or something. But little childhood pranks like that, no, that's not so bad. So now that that infamous TV show has wrapped, if I was to marry Bryce again, what would be your advice for me? I would say to you what I think I've said to you throughout the whole experiment, after the experiment, to just stay strong with Bryce. Bryce's personality is Bryce would like to take control. Oh, really? Yes. No. See, I think no. I've cha- I reckon I've changed though. How? I reckon, like, granted, given the we last go, couple of years, we see so much sport. We go to yeah. so many sporting games. Absolutely. Yes, I do like sport, but maybe not Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Mm. Yeah, okay, that's yeah. fair. But like, when it comes to decisions, I reckon that we're pretty evenly split on things. Yeah, and I tend to follow the lead more because I'm pretty easygoing. I think that's in most couples. I would say that about my relationship with Greg. You know what I mean? There's always a stronger personality and and that's not being controlling. It's just, I think I've always said to you, I'm like you, I don't like confrontation. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just easier to go along with the flow. But I think there are other times where you have to dig your heels in and just say like, no, I don't really want to do that. And, you know, instead of going to the AFL on Sunday... How about we go for a drive to a winery or we just go for a drive somewhere 
and do something like a non-sporting normal couple. Yeah. Because there is life outside sport. And look, I'll take the blame because, as I said, I get back to that literally their whole life since the age of five has been pretty much sport, sport and more sport. Because, as I said, they were doing... They were doing swimming, competitive swimming. So there was morning and afternoon training. There was soccer training. There was rugby league training for Bryce. And there was tennis. Our social nights, this is how sad we are. What a tragic family we sound like now. Our Saturday nights used to be when they were sort of like younger teenagers. We would go to a Saturday night tennis comp for the kids. And it was good because the parents would sit around and have a drink and a beer and all that. And the kids would play tennis. But that was our idea of going out on a Saturday night. So, yeah, so we're, you can sort of blame us for the obsession of sport, I think. Gosh, I can see when we, if we have kids, it's uh, going to be a very sporting family life. I'll be making sure he's a professional sportsman. Oh, okay. <laughs> please. Sure. Oh, right. So you can live off your child. <laughs> Before we wrap up episode three of What Happens After, you might have heard at the end of previous podcast that we've got a new email address set up mm-hmm. uh what happens after pod at gmail.com where basically you can ask Liz any questions that you like yeah and we've got our first couple of come through uh why don't we go through them we've still got mum here by the way yeah um, still, here. still here but i have a question from Catherine, which i think is a good one i think this is a question that many people tend to ask someone when they've come off a reality TV show and and Catherine asks do you have anything afterwards that you're wanting to do in the public space and would you both consider your own reality show now I'm going to answer the second question first I go absolutely not no reality show I will never ever ever do anything like what we've just come off some reports have come out in the last month or so where it's saying that we've been chasing our own reality TV absolutely show not. which was actually a joke that we made to a magazine journalist yeah he could tell it was a joke but then reporters a fact yes so just to clear this up so that everyone can hear it from our mouth definitely no plans for our own reality tv show we'd i just reckon it'd be annoying <laughs> just we're not the kardashians i hate the kardashians no and absolutely not why would we want to put ourselves through anything like that again where we're having our lives dictated by producers and no thank you what so... about individually would you go on Absolutely not. My personality is not for reality TV. Mm. You, I could see you doing another reality TV show down the track and I will let you go and do that on your own because there's absolutely no way I would do it. Well, we're not allowed to do anything for 12 months because yeah. of our contract with the previous show, but yeah, I wouldn't be lying if I didn't say that there was a sniff around of something happening, Yeah, but that's not for I don't think two I years. Could, I don't think I could trust anybody to screw me over like they did on the show we've just come off. And I'm sort of with you. I think you've done one reality TV show. They're all the same. Yeah. And I think Liz was burnt by it as well. And it's not Liz's background as well. Whereas I think you've had 12 years of working in media. You're quite comfortable with it at this point in time, you know. And people, as I said, even when you were interviewed, people say, well, you know how it goes, Bryce. You know how it works. Liz didn't know how it works. So, and that's not being naive, I think that's probably just being a little bit more trusting. And, I mean, you would never have signed up for anything like this if you had have known that Absolutely this is not. how you would have been portrayed. No way. So, you know, as I said, like, it's common sense tells you that. Mm-hmm. So It definitely takes a, a very certain type of person and then you need to also get the good edit out of it as well mm. to be happy with it and to wanting to keep doing that. And people 
complain saying that we always blame the edit. We've heard other people on other podcasts and say, oh, I'm sick of hearing about people complaining about the edit. They're not complaining about it because they got a good edit themselves. Mm-hmm. We would never complain. If we came out looking like angels, like some people, you would never say a bad word about it because mm-hmm. you know how good you came across. And it's not saying that everything we said and did wasn't us because it definitely was. Mm-hmm. But the thing that people do not know and you need to know is that you are watching us on TV for one episode and we're on TV for 15 minutes. That episode was probably filmed over the course of a full week. So you are not seeing everything that was filmed for eight hours a day, five to six days a week. So think about that before you start judging about that 15 minutes that you're seeing us on because you need to actually use some common sense. And 15 minutes of that week also that you don't even know how they're going to piece it together. What may have been filmed on Monday and then something's filmed on Friday and Friday's little bit of editing may actually become, you know, the storyline prior to the month. Do you know what I mean? Like, as I said, Exhibit A, the honeymoon. Yeah, and me being in tears over something so trivial, which that wasn't the case at all. I'm not even going to go into the specifics, but just ridiculous. I think the biggest misconception, which other people that have done the show with us have just flat out lied about is where they say, oh, we're being filmed all day, every day. They know that's not true. That's the biggest crock of shit I've ever heard because... You film a morning scene that takes an hour. You film a good night scene that takes one hour. And you film one task or maybe sometimes two tasks, possibly three in one day that takes up to three or four hours. So you're not filming all day. There's 24 hours in a day. You're filming up to six or seven hours a day. So it's the biggest load of shit I've ever heard. And I'm sorry, Catherine, to answer the first question you said, uh, do you have anything afterwards you're wanting to do in the public space? Look, If you go on a reality TV show, you can go one of two ways. You can completely push yourself out of the limelight, go back to normal life, don't interact on your Instagram and and go back to normality for yourself, Um, which some people have done. But for most of us, and especially those of us like Bryce and myself that have had a really hard time, um, for myself, I'm not actively pushing myself into the public space, but... I'm happy to take opportunities where they come up. I'm not going to pretend like there haven't been some advantages of going on a reality TV show. But um, if something, you know, positive comes my way, then I'm going to take it because I've been put through absolute hell. And if I can get a few benefits from having gone through hell, then I'm going to take them. And more so in the public space, what I'd love to do is work with a charity or a cause where I can assist with mental health. Um, There's Beyond Blue, It's Okay Not To Be Okay, Um, Dolly's Dream. There's so many different causes out there that I'd love to be a part of because I'd never experienced bullying and mental health issues like what I've gone through now. And if I could do anything in the public space, it would be helping one of those causes for sure. Yeah, another question that came through the new email that you can reach out to as well, What happens after pod at gmail.com. You can get your questions through for Ask Lists. This one came through to both of us. Uh, Carla from Bendigo. So hello to Carla. Hi, Carla. Would just like to ask Liz if she's interested in having children in the near future. <laughs> oh, this is a question I get all the time, Carla. Thank you. Uh, look, initially when I went on to the TV show, I was very certain on not having kids. I'd, I've been... For 31 years, never thought about having kids and that changed over the course of the reality TV show because 
I could actually picture myself with Bryce having a future and having children. So it's definitely not off the table. It's something we've discussed and, you know, stay tuned. And it's funny because the wedding and my whole backstory for filming too, because I actually filmed my backstory before the show where a lot of you didn't because of COVID was all about wanting to be with someone that wanted to have kids. And that was half the reason why the last relationship didn't work out the way it was planned because we were on that same level. So when we got to the wedding, when we were getting along great, and then we said, oh, hey, uh, so what are your thoughts on kids? And you're like, yeah, I'm not interested. I'm like, oh, my God, I've literally just filmed a whole backstory. Come on to the show to meet someone that wants to have kids and even said this to me. And I was fo- I was accepting of it. You were, absolutely. I was fine with it. But they made the whole thing out about you being annoyed at the whole any engagement yeah. thing and just... Which I didn't care at all. Never once even mentioned the conversation about kids because that's where the real drama was in the night. But again... I think the kids thing for me is still... I, I'm I'm definitely open to the idea of having kids, but I am terrified because I have been so anti-children for a long time and I just cannot picture myself being a good mum. And it's, it's going to take still a little bit of time to wrap my head around, but, you know, we'll, we'll get there. I think you'll be a good mum. What do you reckon, Donna? Oh, look, honestly, as I said, I think you'd be a great mum, Liz, but you've got supportive family yeah. on both sides, you know, with your family and with us. And I just, look, nowadays even I, Bryce would be a great dad. So there would be no reason why Bryce couldn't be, you know, Mr. Mum and stay at home <laughs> and you that. continue with your career. See, I'd love that. You, yeah. I would love for you to be the stay-at-home dad and I go off to work. Well, you've have... seen what I'm like with kids. Oh, he's brilliant. He's just, because he's like a big child. That's so... exactly what I would want. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But have the baby. Here you go. I love working though. But you so could actually still work in your type of career. True. And still be able to manage children as well. Well, I reckon that should wrap up episode three. Thanks, Dana. You're welcome. Any final words, mum? No final roasting before you want to send us off back to Melbourne? No, just keep him under tow, please. Seriously. <laughs> well, uh, thank you again for listening to another episode of What Happens After. Uh, if you do like what you're hearing, make sure you spread the news and let us know that's going on. Thank you again for putting us on the charts for another week. Thank you. Thank you for the positive reviews as well. It's really appreciative. And uh, look, coming up in the next few weeks, we've got one of our best mates coming onto the podcast. You all know him as... One of the party boys of the show that we were on, Jason Engler. <laughs> He's going to be joining us over the next couple of weeks, plus many more things if you'd like to hear something yourself or us talk about it as well. Hit us up on the email. But until next time, we'll talk to you then. Bye. If you ever wanted to ask me a question about myself, Bryce, us as a couple, or you'd like me to discuss a topic of your choice, you can email us at whathappensafterpod at gmail.com and hopefully I can answer it next time on our podcast.